0: So, well, before we start, uh, let's just go to the Lord. Let's ask him to bless this time, ask him to bless the message, and just uh, hopefully he speaks to us this evening. So, dear Lord, we come before you, Lord. I want to thank you as we get the opportunity to come here on a Wednesday night, that we have the freedom to just come and worship you whenever we want, Lord, that in the middle of the week when we're maybe struggling a little bit, trying to get through things, wondering what's going on in our life, we can come here and hear from you. As Josh said, we can be in your presence, that you can be around us and in us, Lord, that you can fill us up to get through the rest of the week and to continue to do your work, Lord. So I pray this evening that you bless this time. I pray that you speak through me, Lord. Take out any words, thoughts, or actions that you don't want to be shared, Lord. Just speak through me. Let me be your microphone, Lord, and fill us up with your spirit. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 So tonight, I wanted to share a message with you that I've titled, The Voices. Voices, because we all hear voices in a good way, in a good way, I hope, so... I'll explain that a little bit. What are y'all laughing about already? Jeez, man. So did you guys ever have in school, did you ever have those kids that were like the ones who necessarily didn't always get in trouble, but they had a way of starting trouble? That they had a way of telling people what to do and then the people would do it and then they'd be like, but that wasn't me. They're the ones that actually did it. I mean, did did any of you guys have any kids like that? Did you guys have a friend like that that maybe got you in trouble and stuff like that? Well, that that was me. So I was a... I was one of those kids, you know, I, um, for the first few years of schooling, uh, I actually went to a, a private Christian school, which that, that that was a mistake, I can tell you, because uh, I didn't belong there, but, uh, you know, there was a couple instances where, like, I was in the bathroom one day, and there was a couple other kids, was, like, in the first or second grade, and I thought, man, I wonder what would happen if uh, somebody put a whole roll of toilet paper unwound in the toilet, and then, like, flushed it several times, like, I mean, I knew what would happen, but I was like, so I wonder what will happen. So then the kids are like, you know, next to me, I don't know. Well, uh, why don't you go find out? Why don't you go ahead and do it? And to my surprise, this kid did it. So about that time is when I decided to exit and leave. I, you know, it's time to get out now. So to my surprise, you know, a few minutes later in class, when they're calling me down to the office, I'm like playing dumb. What could this be about? Now I'm the good kid. Of course, teacher, I'll go down to the office. And then, of course, I'm not surprised to find that kid sitting there in front of the principal's office. He's already crying, and I'm thinking, oh, this ain't going to go good. This ain't going to go well. Uh, You know, eventually, uh, my backside had a very good meeting with the principal's paddle um, several times uh, in my short tenure at that school. Uh, So it's probably a good thing I left there. You You know, when we listen to those kind of voices, sometimes they can lead us down the wrong path. Sometimes somebody's voice can lead us to do something we didn't plan, but we thought it's a good idea because it sounds like fun or it sounds good. And we allow those voices to influence the things we do. Well, then there's other times that we don't listen to voices that are trying to instruct us and tell us things. I, I remember once uh, when my mom used to work at the hospital as a nurse, she had a friend from Jamaica who would go back, one of the other nurses, every once in a while and visit home and bring back some stuff. And one time she brought back a nice big jar of jerk seasoning. So anybody had that? That's good stuff. But it's got a little bit of a kick to it. So when uh, my mom's friend told her, hey, make sure to read the directions and go easy on it. Now My mom, being a good Southern woman, you don't go easy on anything. You, you cook full bore. So she decided, well, if a little bit tastes good, well, the whole jar's got to taste great. So she decided to make one batch of chicken for five people with an entire jar of jerk seasoning. Well, you don't want to make mom feel bad, so we are doing everything we can to choke through this meal until, thank you, Lord, she finally said, I I can't take this anymore. This is burning my mouth. Thank you. I can stop eating this. And that's when you're running to get some milk or some ice or something because it's burning. So when she goes back the next day and tells her friend that, so, hey, how'd you like it? Well, she doesn't want to disappoint the friend. The friend brought this all the way back from Jamaica. So her friend's like, well, did you like it? And my mom's like, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but we really didn't like it. Well, why not? It was way too spicy. Well, did you follow the directions? She's like, well, sort of. I used the whole jar. And she's like, are you crazy? Did you kill your family? And she's like, no, but they're still paying for it a day later. And so not following directions, not listening to the voices that are telling us what to do, once again, can lead us down the wrong path, lead us somewhere we don't want to be. Well, in our life, in this world, we have voices that are speaking to us, whether we realize it or not. When we start to walk with God, we now have access to hear the voice of God. And I want to get into this a little bit tonight because I hear that a lot because I had the same questions when I first gave my life to Christ and for many years after. Well, how do you know you're hearing the voice of God? What does it sound like or feel like when you hear the voice of God? How do I distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the world? I mean, if it sounds right, if it sounds good, it must be okay. How do I distinguish that? How do we know whose voice we're listening to or what path that voice is going to take us down? We have voices that we hear from our family members. We have voices that we hear from people that work. We have voices we hear in our quiet time. Heck, we got the media and magazines and the world telling us what we should act like, think like, look like, eat like, everything. How we should live. We got voices everywhere that are telling us what we should do and how we should do it. So how is it that we can distinguish? How is it that we can dive in? And how is it we can start to break away and separate if we're hearing the voice of God or we're hearing the voice of the world or even worse, Are we hearing the voice of our enemy? Is the devil trying to talk to us? Is he trying to lead us down a wrong path? And that's the kind of distinctions we have to make. So for the verses tonight, if you wanna start turning there, if everybody's got their Bible, start turning to Mark chapter four. If you don't have your Bible, cheat off the person next to you. I say it's okay, I'm teaching tonight. So just look at their Bible if you didn't bring your own. If not, we got some in the back, raise your hand, the team will drop one off at you. So start turning to Mark chapter four. And we're gonna read about one of the stories where Jesus is talking in parables. And the reason I want to bring this up is because if any of us have ever read some of the stories about Jesus sharing parables with the people or even his disciples, usually after he tells the parable, it's followed up with, what did that mean? Jesus tell us. And these are the people walking with Jesus and living with him. So are we hearing? Are we listening? Can we discern? Can we make that difference? So if you're all there, if we're in Mark chapter 4, say amen. amen. All right, that's enough, people. So... We're going to read the first 20 verses. So picking it up in verse 1 of chapter 4, it reads, And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said them in his teaching. He says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked the seed, oh, sorry, and choked it and yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some 30-fold, some 60, and some a And some 100. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So pause there for a moment. So here Jesus is speaking to the multitudes in this parable. And he liked to use parables a lot of times as metaphors to explain about the kingdom of God, to explain about the relationship with Jesus Christ, to explain what it was going to be like to be a Christian. And he used these parables because everybody could listen and they could hear him speaking, but did they understand what he was saying? Could they discern what he was telling them? because he would reveal it to those who knew him and walked with him and had relationship with him. So that's the difference between just hearing what he's saying and listening to what he's saying and understanding it. So then he goes on, picking up in verse 10. He says, But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing, they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. See, he's not saying that nobody would understand the parables. What he's saying is those that knew him and walked him had relationship with him. Those that the Spirit would discern and allow to understand would then understand the messages because he didn't want them to think they were just reading some book. He wanted them to understand that he was sharing living gospel. He was sharing life with them so that only those that had been forgiven could understand. Jumping back into it, picking up at verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. See, this parable they didn't understand at first was Jesus talking about the different type of people that would come to believe or would initiate to believe in Christ. You see, as you go through these different types, we have to ask, which one are we? Are we the type that immediately sprouts up? Because this sounds great but we're not truly rooted in Christ. We're not truly rooted in the word and rooted in the Lord so that when things come along and the waves start to come and the storms start to come as we're talking about in our Rise Up series, can we endure them? Can we go through? Can we then sprout fruit? Or do we wither away at the first sight of trouble, at the first sight of problems, at the first sight where we ask, now God, where are you? Because we're not listening for his voice. We're not listening to what he's telling us. He's telling us right here, This is how you discern if you are walking with me. This is how you discern if you are rooted properly. This is how you can hear my voice speaking to you when you can endure these things and yet still be fruitful. When you can be around those that look at you and say, how is it that you are enduring and getting through this? Because I am not rooted in myself. I am rooted in the Lord. I am rooted in Christ. So what are we listening to? Whose voices are we listening to? Are we allowing the enemy to get in? Are we allowing that little voice? You know, we, we always like to see the different little uh, things they do on TV. You know, I'm sure everybody's seen at some point some type of cartoon or some type of show, you know, person sitting there debating about what they should do about something and one shoulder, the little angel pops up and the other side, the little devil pops up. Sad truth is in most of our lives, the devil, little devil wins most of the time because that stuff sounds more fun and it sounds plausible because once again, it can sound good but it doesn't mean it is good. So what voices are we listening to? Who are we allowing to influence us? Who are we allowing to decide what we are going to do in our walk with Christ? Who are we letting us hear from that is telling us how much we can do or how little we can do for the kingdom of God and what God wants to do in our life? Listening to the wrong voices or, just as bad, choosing not to listen to the right voice can have massive consequences on our walk with the Lord personally, relationally, and spiritually with what we can accomplish not only in our own lives, but for the building of the kingdom. And just even if we decide not to listen to the wrong voice and just stay in our little bubble and never venture out when God is telling us because we choose not to listen to the right voice sometimes is just as detrimental. So what I wanted to kind of look at tonight, three points, is discerning sometimes the different types of voices we hear. Now, I can tell you personally, I've never heard audibly God speak to me. I've never had tea time with Jesus. I've never had that. It'd be great. I think it'd be fun. But I've never had that. But I can tell you honestly, there are times that I could discern without a doubt God's voice in my life, God's voice in my decisions, God's voice on my spirit and my soul, that we can discern that. And how do we look at that? So when somebody asks you, or if you're asking, so then how do I discern what type of voice I'm listening to or what I should listen to? I just want to look at three different verses, if you will, one versus the other of types of voices. So the first one I want to look at is conviction versus condemnation. So I use this example a lot of times because you know, I've had the pleasure of being able to, my wife and I or myself counsel some couples as well as some uh, guys. And one of the things that always comes up is they ask, well, you see it because we all sin, we know that. And when we fall into sin, we know we are guilty. We have a charge against us. We've done something wrong against God. And that will bring a feeling of guilt upon us. But the problem is, is when even after we have accepted Jesus Christ, we all know that at that moment in time, we are forgiven. We know at that moment in time, God has wiped the slate clean when we truly ask for his forgiveness and surrender our life. But yet, human nature, we will still carry that guilt. We will carry that with us. So what does that voice sound like? Well, the voice of condemnation is the voice that will hold you back. The voice of condemnation is the one that will hold you down and say, you really think you can do that? Do you remember what you did a few months ago? Do you not remember what kind of person you are? Do you not remember the things you've done? And now you want to go out to those exact same people that you used to do those things with and tell them that all of a sudden you're changed because you came to God? You can't do that. And that will hold you back. You see, the enemy loves to use condemnation because it's guilt. And what is guilt? Who are you, who's holding that guilt over you? If the Lord tells you, I forgave you, then you are choosing to hold that guilt over you, and you and yourself now are giving ammunition to the enemy. You see, when I carry that guilt around in my pocket, the enemy says, great, he's already carrying the weapon I need. That's awesome, because he has not decided to take it out and let it go, so I'm going to use the weapon he's carrying against him, and we allow that to happen, because once again, even if you don't want to listen to the enemy's voice, you're obviously not listening to God's voice, because we want to put our human touch on it, that there's absolutely no way God could have that easily forgiven me and said, you're good to go. I've redeemed you. You are a new creation in me. Go forth and preach my word. I I can't do that. Why not? Over and over again in his word, he will tell you. Over and over again, he speaks to us through his word with his voice. And you're going to choose to hold that guilt over your own life. You see, I like to tell a lot of the people that I sit down with and I I'm constantly reminding myself of this. I'm no different. That conviction is basically the guide that will keep me in the right way. You see, conviction means correction in my book. It tells me that God's telling me, hey, don't do that. Correct yourself and get back on the right path. You see, conviction will always take me towards where God wants me to go because conviction makes me feel wrong for doing things in this world. Condemnation and guilt will hold me back. So if when you're asking God or when you're in a situation that you think you want to do something, that you want to make a difference, you want to share the word with somebody, you want to share a message with somebody, you want to invite somebody to church, as simple as that, and that guilt starts to come over you, I'm telling you right now, That's what the wrong voice is. That's what the voices feel and sound like. When the voice of the enemy now will stop you from inviting that friend. When the voice will stop you from sharing the gospel. When the voice will make you guilty and embarrassed to share what God's done in your life because there's no way that these people will see me any different than they saw me a few months ago. That's condemnation. You're listening to the wrong voice. Conviction is the type of thing that will tell you I want to go out and do something. not exactly sure if I should. It reminds me of the people I was hanging out with in my past. Should I do that? Eh. Conviction's the one that tells you don't because you know it's wrong. See, God will correct. He is our father. And as a father, children need lots of correction. And we have to be open, our ears open, our mind open, our spirit open to listen to that. Don't feel guilty about it we all will have bad thoughts. We will all face temptation. Being confronted with temptation is not the sin. That's where condemnation will tell you. You have been confronted with that. Remember you used to be into that. Remember that was your sin. Well, the world's going to tempt you with it no matter what. The world and the enemy tempted Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4, it talks about Jesus Christ when he had fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. That's when the devil came to him. And read it. The devil quoted scripture to Jesus Christ. It sounded good. It sounded right. But it was completely out of context. And what did the devil tempt him with that we know was wrong despite using the fact that he used verses? Is that he was trying to get Jesus Christ to, one, elevate himself above God, despite being sent here for a purpose to save the world. The devil was asking him to bow down to elevate him above God and himself. Even quoting scripture is wrong. And that's when we need to distinguish the difference. Understanding that the guilt will hold you back. Don't worry about it when you're confronted with temptation. The conviction of Christ will tell you, don't give into that because you're mine now. Don't give in to that because you don't need that anymore. Don't give in to that because you're not impressing these people. You're impressing me. That's what conviction will do. It'll feel hard. It'll be tough. But it's what leads you on the right path. And that's when you start to distinguish between the voices. In Acts 3, chapter 19, we read, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That's what I was talking about. Once your sins have been forgiven, you choose to hold it over your own head. Don't give the enemy ammunition. Let it go. God did. So what are you holding on to it for? Let it go, repent, and move on. So the second point, another type of way we may hear voices talking to us and how do we distinguish them? Well, along the same type of lines, but it'll come across in our life different, is judgment versus guidance. Judgment versus guidance. This is the one that I feel we give more weight to the world. You see, conviction versus condemnation, I personally feel that comes directly from God and directly from the enemy, speaking directly to us. See, judgment versus guidance comes from the worldly standpoint. That's where putting feet to our faith really kicks in. This is where you go back to your family all excited because you gave your life to Christ. This is where you go back and share with your friends, I'm a new person. I'm ready to start something new. Oh, that's, that's great. And they already start thinking, yeah, this will last for a few months like everything else, and they'll give this up. Or your friends at work will start to look at you and say, seriously? You know, three weeks ago, we were going out to the bar and then to the gentleman's club and then all night partying at the club, but now all of a sudden you're going to invite me to church. Okay, sure, sure, you let me know, I'll go. And that's when the judgment starts to come in. And that's when you start to feel bad, and that's where you'll start to veer from your path. Why would you care what they say anymore? I know it's tough, but even when the Lord tells us that sometimes we must leave mother, father, family, he's telling us that once we decide to follow him, no one can hold anything over you anymore. And sometimes even some of those relationships, as strong as they may be, as great as you thought they were in your life at one point, If they come between you and your walk with God, they need to go. You don't have to be hurtful to anybody. You don't have to be mean to anybody. But you can straight out tell them, this is a relationship I can no longer be a part of. These are things I can no longer do. And I'm not going to let you judge me for it. I'm just going to show you the difference in my life. You see, when we listen to the voice of guidance, those are the people around us of like mind, equally yoked. Uh, we, We talk about equally yoked in marriage, but We can be equally yoked in life. It doesn't mean you don't have friends. It doesn't mean you don't keep reaching out to people that are lost. But you need to yoke yourself up in life with people that are like-minded and walking in Christ. Because we all need to strengthen one another. Christianity is a team sport, not individual. So when we do this as a family, you need to get together with others and get that guidance. You need to go to the scriptures and compare what somebody's telling you. If you cannot take advice that you were given and hold it against the scriptures of God, then it's advice that you don't need to follow. Because guidance should come from the word of God. And if we seek out people that know the word better than us, that God has spoken to more, or just that God has placed within our life, that's guidance. That's what we need to listen to. Those are the voices that are going to keep us on the right way. Don't allow the judgment of the world to come upon you. It's going to happen. Whether you've been walking for One day, or 100 years, if you live that long, you're going to be judged. You're going to have people that look at you. You're going to have the people that know who you were try and convince you that that's who you are. And don't let them do it. Because when you become new, you've been bought at a price. So you no longer belong to yourself. So don't worry about impressing them. Don't worry about when they throw things at you. Let it go. Let it roll off your back like water just fine. You're going to look at me funny. You're going to think I'm weird. You know, my wife and I get that sometimes when we, when we first started coming and we started giving our life to the Lord. And that's, it was cute. They, you know, they, they go one day a week and, you know, then things started, you know, going like, all right, now, now we got to, you know, talk with Rich and Yoli because they are getting a little weird. They, they go like two days a week. They come on a Wednesday night, you know, like you guys here and they go on Sunday and oh my gosh, they even serve. Oh, what are they doing? And now they go. They have other things at church. And now you want to join a connect group? You don't get enough of these church people on Wednesday and Sunday? Now you want to hang out with them? That's when your family and your friends will start thinking you're weird. Okay? So I wasn't weird when I worried about giving money to get people that I don't know to be impressed by me, but spending time around people that are feeding me, saving me, I get a chance to help save. We get to be a part of something greater than ourselves. We're weird for that. And they start to think you're weird. So, let them think you're weird. Be okay in that. Pastor John Gray, who was here back in January for Encounter, was straight up about it. I love the way he said it. Own the fact that people think we're crazy because we believe in invisible things. We believe in things I can't see. Tell them. And be okay with that. They'll back off. <laughs> so be all right with it. Own it. You know, in Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 48, it reads, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the floor rose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. That there to me is guidance. That there to me is telling me and guiding me how I should live my life and what I should do, how I should build upon it. We're going to get beaten up in this world. We're going to have stuff come at us. We're going to have storms that are going to crash against us. And we're going to come out on the other side battered and bruised. But if founded on the rock, we still will be standing. And we will do it. If we allow our lives to be like the next part of that story with the guy on the sand that got washed away, That's where the fact of people judging us will take us because now we're wishy-washy. I'm not founded on the rock. I'm still worried more about what people think about me. Just tell them honestly in the nicest way, I love you, but I really don't care. It'll make it feel good. So now the third set of voices I want to look at is something that, you know, we face a lot in the world and sometimes this is hard to distinguish. And the only reason I'm touching on this is because this is something I believe uh, part of it, at least, is something that was created more by man and used more, more like man to try and control what God is and what he's meant to be in our lives. And that's, that's the voices of religion versus relationship. I'm not knocking anybody's choice of denomination. If you believe in Christ as your Lord and Savior, you accepted him and you're following him and you call God your Father in heaven and gave your life to him, that's cool. You know, if you like slow music, loud music, lights, dark, whatever, it really doesn't matter to me. We're all going to the same place. So I'm not knocking that. Don't don't misunderstand where I'm coming from. But the issue I have with many things, just like I used to see growing up, the voice of religion to me is something that was made by man for control. The voice of religion is something that takes God and puts parameters on it how can you put parameters on a creator that spoke the entire universe into existence how can you put parameters on a savior that broke space time everything to be with us how can you put parameters on that you see things like religion and this is another thing a lot of people ask because i know somebody might be thinking right now even yeah but in the bible it says you know that faith without works is dead and then People take that and then now they turn that into, well, now I'm going to get you to serve for the church or serve for God out of guilt. And now all of a sudden you got to earn your way in. You know, like it's a stamp card. I didn't get all the spots stamped off. You know, nine days of service, the tenth one's free. You know, that type of thing. That's serving based on religion. That's not serving based on relationship. You see, when. That was put in the Bible by the Lord. The reason he's saying that is not because he's telling you that if you have faith that it's stronger because you have works or that it's any more alive. What he's telling you is, is that if you have truly had an encounter with Jesus Christ, if you have truly had your life changed, if you have truly been saved by God, you can do nothing else but do good works. Not because of you. See, when you do it of yourself, who are you trying to lift up? You trying to make yourself feel better? You trying to earn extra points? You're trying to say, Jesus, look at me. Who's the best one today? Where's my gold star? No. That's what that, that's talking about in the Bible. When you have had God knock you on your feet and then pick you back up with a new life, how could I not want to have other people encounter the same thing? How could you not want other people to be a part of that? We don't serve, we don't do anything out of compulsion of guilt we're compelled by love and that's what we need to remember so when we sit there and we're asking okay what's this voice telling me to do if you are sitting there thinking man yeah i've given my life to the lord but i'm not sure what he wants me to do yet because you know i'm not sure what he's telling me i'm not i'm not sure if he wants me to go do this thing look let's break it down simple we're all going to make mistakes I don't care if you do it with the best of intentions or the worst of intentions. We're still human. We're going to make mistakes. But if you're making a mistake, stumbling forward, chasing after God, it's going to be okay. If you're sitting there saying, yeah, God will clearly speak to you and say, I want you to serve in this area. I want you to do this for my ministry. I want you to be a part of this. And he gives you that clear direction. That's awesome. But if you're starving to get closer to him and you just want to get plugged in, If you're doing something that still is in line with his word and you are just doing it to get closer to him and reach him so you can hear his voice even clearer, then go for it. Don't wait. Don't sit on the sidelines watching. Get in the game and be a part of it. Jump in. You see, the thing is, if you sit there and allow the religion idea to hold you back, to say that I'm not good enough to talk to God directly, yeah, that, that I definitely have an issue with and a problem with. There's nothing wrong with other people praying for you. The more people praying, the better. When we all pray, just like Josh led us in prayer earlier, it's powerful. I'm sorry, if you can't feel the presence of God, get closer, because it's incredible. So when everybody's together, that's a beautiful thing. But don't let anybody tell you, after you've given your life to Christ and you've accepted the Lord, that you have to talk through anybody else to hear from your Father that you can't talk directly to him. They'll put that idea that you're not worthy. Well, I'm gonna go out on a little limb here. I don't like to play semantics too much. You know, my my wife hates this because I like to break down a lot of times the exact words we use and be clear on what we're using. I don't like it when somebody says, I'm not worthy to talk to God. Do I deserve to be able to talk to God? No, I don't deserve it. Because I'm a bad person, I've sinned, I'm broken. So I don't deserve it, but do not tell me I am not worthy. When the creator of the universe, the son, comes down to earth to live like me, hangs on a cross after beaten and condemned for doing nothing wrong, dies a horrible, cruel death, stuck in a tomb, raises on the third day, and then ascends back into heaven, promising that one day I too can be in heaven with him if I give my life to him. What do you think gives worth? If you're telling me I'm not worthy, then you're telling God that what he did was wrong. I'm sorry if Jesus Christ did all that for me. If God was willing to send his only son to endure it, your life is worth something. It was worth everything. So if somebody tells you we're not worthy, feel free to correct them. I don't deserve it, but I'm worth a lot because my God paid it all. And you let them know that. And you let that be a part of their life too. So when we wonder what we're allowed to do, what we can do, you have full access to the most powerful God of the universe, to the creator of all living things. Not the father of all until we call him that, on him that way, but he's the creator of all things. And you can have direct access to him. We read in Matthew 6, 6, but you, when you pray, go into your room And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you're telling me that God's telling me go into my room, then shut the door, then being in my secret place, all those things add up to what that tells me is I can do it by myself, go talk to my father in heaven. I don't need anybody else to tell me how to do it the way I should do it or I don't have the right to do it without a certain person doing it for me. Have other people pray for you, lay hands on you, pray with you, but you take that time. You get in a quiet place, no music, nothing around you, and you talk to God so that when you want to hear his voice, there is nothing else to interrupt. When you want to hear from God and you want to discern, is the voice that I'm listening to condemning or convicting? Is it judging or guiding? Am I approaching God with religion or do I have a personal relationship with him and I want to hear from him? You take those things out of the way. You talk to your father in heaven and you let him tell you what it is that he wants you to do with your life. And don't let anybody else tell you that you don't, are not worth it because you are. But maybe there's some of you out there that don't know. Or maybe even if you've been coming here or going to church or whatever, you knew that, yeah, God's out there. Yeah, you knew about this and that but you've never heard directly from him, or at least you don't think you have. You didn't know that that God went through all that, that Jesus Christ went through all that, that Jesus Christ wasn't some nice-looking dude on a poster with blonde hair and sandals walking around the beaches talking to fishermen, that his life was so much more than that, who he was, the power he had, and yet chose to come down and die for you. That's what you're worth. Maybe the world's told you different. Maybe even though you don't walk with God, the voices of the world have controlled your life and consumed you. The voices of the world have told you you're not worth anything. The voices of the world told me you'll not be any more than you already are. The voices of the world told you you will always be the person that you have been and you won't change. Shut them up. Listen to the voice of God. If you don't know that, if you don't have that relationship, I want to give you that opportunity. So I want everybody to just bow their head and close their eyes. And just for a moment, I want you to ask yourself, do I know whether or not I have a relationship with the Lord? Do I call upon Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Have I ever asked for that personal relationship with my Father in heaven? If you don't know that, if you don't know what will happen when you die, where you will end up, you have doubt, you have questions, you have concerns, you can make all that change right now with one simple action. In a moment i would give the opportunity and it's not coming from me but it's you accepting that relationship it's you accepting jesus christ into your heart it's you accepting the death that he endured to give you the salvation that you can have if you didn't know that your father in heaven wants to have a personal relationship with you it's as simple as accepting him calling upon him and accepting him into your heart so on the count of three if that's you if you don't know you want to know for sure where your life is going to be leading after you walk out of this place. Then on the count of three, all I ask is that you raise your hand. You're extending it to just show it openly to God. I want you in my life. I want to call upon you, and I want to give my life to you. On the count of three, just do that. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, guys. God bless you over there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's awesome. God bless you. God bless you. He sees you. If you're even feeling it in your heart and you don't want to raise your hand, that's okay. But please do not walk out these doors if you have that doubt in your mind. You accept him in your heart. You have that answer for sure. And you know where you're going to go when your day comes to meet your maker. For those of you that accepted the Lord into your heart, I want to just lead you in a prayer. It's not me doing anything more than facilitating. This is between you and your Father in heaven. And I'm going to ask the rest of the church to join in as we all pray together for those people that have accepted Christ. So I want you to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for my life. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I want to accept you into my heart, and I want to follow you for all the days of my life. It's in your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those people. Come on.